my life was sad. Like I've never had sadness in my life. Like I've never felt sad. I've never had heartbreak like that before. And then obviously with the horse going, my heart was like, I was sad. And I feel like I just thought one day like, sod it, I'm gonna apply. Well, happy Friday, everyone. We're back for our next episode of series two. Thank you to everyone who listened to our kickstart of series two, Farmer Will. And what a fantastic way to start, Lizzie. Absolutely. Farmer Will and Jesse were just great. They've been fantastic to share stuff. And yeah, they're just lovely people, but with a great message. Absolutely. And I think it's really, really important to showcase that people can have that really high profile in, you know, in, in the mainstream media and on social media as well. But they can also be really down to earth, normal people when it comes to having a chat with them. And speaking of mainstream media, I think that kind of leads nicely onto our guest. And I can't believe we've got another high profile guest. Can you? It's amazing, but it just goes back to that people from farming are getting more and more coverage and visibility, which can be only a good thing for our industry. Now, this week we have got Roz Darlington from, if you watch it, Married at First Sight, and she is on the current series. But we already have been in contact with Roz a couple of years ago, hadn't we, Bex? That's right. It was for a Christmas special project um, where Roz's floristry business really came into play. Talking of rural businesses, we're lucky to partner up with Howden Rural. They provide bespoke insurance services for rural businesses of all sizes. So even if you're like Roz and you farm flowers, there is a package that will suit you. But if you're not a flower farmer, Howden can still offer a solution for you. In fact, we use them to insure our farm business at home. So back to the flowers that we received from Roz's business and Becca and I did a little competition of who could make the best wreath and sad to say Becca won, she should not have. I'm just putting <laughs> it in there. Um, but yeah, it was great to connect with Roz then to support her and her business and it's really nice that she's given the time to us now that she's, you know, well, in this new glamorous world. Absolutely. I think it's really interesting how much we do touch on her business, though, in both parts of this episode. Yep, you heard it right. Both parts of this episode. So this is a two-parter because our conversation with Roz was so interesting. We got carried away and we're going to do this as a two-parter. So in this first part, we ask Roz what exactly inspired her to go and marry a stranger. And if you don't watch Married at First Sight, imagine turning up on your wedding day and the first time you meet, your other half is at the altar. It's crazy. Just take that in for a second. Yeah, just take that in for a second. Could you do it? Well, that's the question that we ask Roz. Why, how, and find out if this was the best way to find love in the rural community. Oh, can't wait to chat to her again. I'm sorry. I am so happy to like speak to you right now because I just feel like we've been like kind of like acquaintances friends for a couple of years and obviously we had our little like chat back then and now I'm like oh my god we actually get to see you like Crazy. on video. It's great. <laughs> I know it's weird. Years ago now, that was years ago that I think you got the wreath kits. Yeah it was a couple of years ago when we just 
basically started um I think it was our first year of the podcast and um I mean we loved those races like I was I was gutted that I didn't win can I just say that because mine was obviously better um but we loved it I absolutely didn't deserve to win I didn't deserve to I wouldn't wouldn't want to do a competition with you just in case I didn't win you know (laughs) (laughs) but you guys are really professional I'm just like here on my phone oh no honestly it's cool don't worry honestly it's fine we're good so Ros we were lucky enough to first chat with you a couple of years ago um seems like ages considering what has happened in the meantime but we will go on to that a bit later um the first time we talked to you it was because we were wreath making at Christmas and we used all the kind of uh, well I'm not going to say flowers greenery is greenery the right word holy um to make to make our wreaths so obviously it was it was fantastic to kind of make that connection a couple of years ago and now be able to revisit what's changed since but you are a country girl at heart you've got your own floristry business you're a flower farmer before we get on to your time on married at first sight can you tell us a little bit about life before the show what was it like I feel like my life's always been like really incredible like with being self-employed um like obviously meeting you guys like you get to meet so many different people and even though my job is quite like lonely social media is huge like so you do meet different people that you'd never meet before um but yeah just really started flower growing in 2019 2020 um and I was a florist before that so it just came hand in hand really and I didn't do horticulture or anything I've just learned on the job but I'm definitely more like practical like down and dirty rather than you know Chinese computer. <laughs> and you've got um you, your family you have a farm right? Yeah. What type, of, what type of farm is it just for our listeners? So mum and dad do have a farm so it used to be a dairy farm and then they converted it I don't know I was only young like four four years old and um, so it's now a business park and um, so yeah and then dad broke his back about I don't know eight years ago now so he sold the cows and they just have sheep so he's just a little sheep farm but it's more of a hobby farming they do make money from it but it's not an at their only income obviously they rent out the buildings and rent out the land to other farmers so yeah we're hobby farmers at heart not hobby farmers not hobby farmers because I feel like any kind of commitment to keeping animals and and actually through other circumstances you've diversified all of that still means that obviously your mum and dad and yourself with your involvement as well you've still got business minds you're still trying to profit you know animal welfare is still a priority all of that stuff so you're not just hobby farmers I feel like we like we've been have feel like we have to say that because we understand that like farmers are you know there's so much pressure so much hard work like to make a profit you know you've got to be so driven so I feel like we just say it because it's like we are fortunate but it's still taking hard work like mum and dad take risk and you know I'm really proud of what they've achieved like not everyone's done that so and also for dad and granddad like it's generational farming so for dad to you know put it out there to granddad and grandma and be like look I'm wanting to to diversify the farm I'm wanting to do this is really brave because gutsy I don't think I'm not very good at making decisions I'd be thinking oh it's too much of a risk what if it goes wrong 
And yeah, granddad was open-minded and grandma to change, but they still do have the element of the farm. Like obviously they still got all the farm, they still have their feet in sheep farming. And yeah, they did have the cows until, you know, dad couldn't cope with them anymore. And obviously like, I love being outside, but I'm a bit scared of like, I was scared of the cows. So dad was like, oh my God, he's not got one son. He's not got one daughter that's actually. But when it comes to that, like I'm involved, I do enjoy the sheep. I do love any animal. Um, I think it's just like, I really went into the floristry, but now they come hand in hand. Oh, I think my Alexa's just turned on, sorry. It <laughs> <laughs> wants to get involved on the pod. I know, like, I don't know what music she was playing. <laughs> I'm going to guess Taylor Swift. <laughs> Well, yeah, I think that's great that you, well, I love the fact that your family, you know, is generational and I just think, yeah, give your, like, yourself credit and your family credit because as someone from non-farming, I think anybody who is in farming, no matter their flock size, no matter their herd size, we should be encouraging, we should be saying, well done, that is a hard job. Um, and not putting people down if they don't know things or if they're trying something new. Like, we should be encouraging that. So, yeah, I think that's great. And I guess another thing that I can totally, like, link to you on here, Roz, is I'm a creative at heart. I love being artistic. I love doing painting. You obviously have your creative side as well. Do you think your career and business has allowed you to combine that creativity and the country as well? Oh, yeah, like, I couldn't imagine, like, doing anything else. Like, I get to do a bit, like, obviously I have to, like, bookkeep. And my mum's really good at helping me with that. Look at me making out, I do everything. <laughs> All of you listening, like, you don't do your books. But, like, <laughs> I get to just be creative. Like, even just with the flower paddock, it's, like, planning the beds and, you know, like, really creating something that is all yours. And that's why I put now really do prefer the flower growing than the floristry because you get to see year on year you grow. Like, the paddock's getting bigger. Like, your investment, you can see. Whereas when you're a florist, everything just goes out and it's like, oh, you turn back and you think, what have I actually done? Um, but, yeah, I love it. And also just being outside, animals are all around. Like, Grandma's got the duck pond. She's also got the donkeys. And I don't can't imagine doing anything else. I really can't. So, yeah, it's nice. Best of both oh, and how do you decide? I know this, this is a stupid question, but how do you decide what flowers to grow on things? Like, is that just from experience, or is that what you can grow on land, or is it like to do with seasons? Like, how do you decide all that? Because I wouldn't even know where to start. Like, I grow sunflower. Do you know what I mean? I grow sunflowers. That's yeah, well, I am like ditzy, but basically, I knew nothing about horticulture. All I knew was like. Flowers are seasonal, which, so I really just started, obviously I didn't do a course on it, so I just really started with, on the internet, what grows in spring, what grows in autumn, when should I sow, um, and then I just self-taught like that, so Google's my best friend, no, <laughs> but grandma is also really into it, so she was a great help, and I just thought, what are the flowers that I like, because they're the ones I want to grow, and I know, like, I remember dad being like, but it's not all about what you like, you know, your customers, but the customers really do groove to what you want I don't want to be making stuff that necessarily isn't my style there's plenty more florists to do that so I think it's just sticking with I like country vibes I like delphiniums peonies roses um ranunculus I'm going to grow them when do I grow them so yeah I, I don't I'm I'm just literally like wing it and like when with all the flower growers we've got a group and they're like Roz how do you get ranunculus so early and I'm like well I just set them earlier you know I don't <laughs> yeah and then, 
Yeah, obviously there's crop failures, but if I just think you've got to be ballsy, get it in, try it, and I just learn from my mistakes. Oh, uh, again, no, there is a lot of skill in that, Roz. I think you're downplaying it because <laughs> my mum, my mum's really good at gardening on the veg side, but it's it's about what you say. It's about when you're when you're setting off the seeds, what t- how long you leave them in the greenhouse for, all of that stuff. Yeah. So, Yes, I guess some of it is winging it a little bit and hoping that the weather's okay, but a lot of it definitely is good knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> it is research and research and watching and reading. And I do make out like, oh, I'm Dixie, I just do it here. But it's because I don't, I, I, I talk like that because it's better than to shock people that have done it rather than be like, I can do it and then people expect you to. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, it's definitely research. It's definitely knowledge. And yeah, I just think like, well, I want my ranunculus to come a month early because I've got weddings. I'm going to set them now. I'm going to soak them now. I'm going to keep them perfect condition, not too wet, not too dry. And it's just all, it's just being dedicated and motivated and have a drive to actually, you know, and with plants, they're like babies. You can't have a day off. So it's like when you go in and you see them sprouting, it's like, oh, I made you. <laughs> I, I guess that actually is, that brings me on to a question. How on earth, logistically, did you manage being away? I'm not quite, obviously from the outside, we don't quite know the actual constraints of filming, but how on earth did you, what happened with the plants? I know, so it was slightly stressful. So in that case, I knew I was going on, well, I basically applied in August last year. um, And then I just had it in my head that I'm going on. I didn't know I was, but I just like manifested and I thought I was basically in such a sad place because I'd lost my horse, my boyfriend, he, my ex-boyfriend had walked out and I was just so sad that I basically lived in this land of my life is going to be great, I'm going to be on a TV show and I just lived there instead of facing reality. So I just planned as if like I'm going on so I'm going to set seeds then, these are seeds I'm going to set and I just started everything early. I also got my auntie Julie, she came and helped me, like, I told her, she was like, I know nothing, and I was like, well, I'm going to teach you, (laughs) and she helped me, like, divide, she helped me plant, I, like, taught her about when I do it, and the book that we keep everything in, and I was basically telling her to, like, copy from last year, Um, so I just went with that mentality of all the weddings I had in, I got another florist set up to do them, Um, yeah, and I think if I hadn't gone with all that planning and prep, and I thought, if I don't get on the show, who cares? I've lived in this world of imagination and it's got me through a t- hard time. Um, so it's silly, but I suppose it's all that prepared to plan and plan whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> plan and plan again, or whatever it is. Or prepared to plan to fail. Prepare or whatever. To plan, prepare <laughs> plan and fail to plan or something. <laughs> Oh right, if God. anybody's listening and they know the real life saying for that, can you just tell us, please? Yes, somebody needs to help. <laughs> um, well, well, speaking of weddings, this is a, a really bizarre one. Did you do the flowers for your wedding? <laughs> well, they did say, like, was, like, at first they were like, I was like, yeah, I'd love to do a bouquet or whatever. And they're like, cool. And then when it got to it, I thought, I am way too stressed about marrying a st- I couldn't think straight. And I thought, oh, obviously we had to travel to the place. And I thought, oh, then I've got to, and I thought, I've got to pack my whole life up and I thought no I can't do it but now I'm like why just take I should have just taken that extra like hour to make myself like my perfect posy but I think I was just too stressed to do it 
I, I think in a normal marriage scenario, you'd be pretty stressed. So throwing in all the elements of married at first sight, I can understand maybe why it probably wasn't top of the priority list. <laughs> yeah, I was like, on my actual, when I do actually get married, if I do, um, you know, I'd love to do my own wedding flowers. Ross, I can see just from speaking to you and obviously when we spoke to you before flowers are an absolute passion growing them I can see how enthusiastic you are but for all the amazing elements to being a flower farmer and, and being a florist you've also mentioned on your social media that there's quite a lonely element to doing your job and I know farmers listening as well what, whatever sector they're in will resonate with that they'll understand that feeling of loneliness and being outside on your own and, and often up against the weather um what do you do to combat that loneliness and obviously you know friends family around you but what what advice would you give to our listeners because I was obviously at that time super lonely, super sad. Everything was going like this time last year, everything was just going wrong. Like the one thing, a tango, my horse, where I do escape, you know, I go to ride and everything just goes quiet. I didn't have any more. Also being working on my own and the weather's, the nights are drawing in and you, I live on my own. Do you know what I mean? So it was all like sad. Um, but I just have the most amazing family and friends. I have people that I now have one of those things, you know, where your phone sits round. So you can be on the phone whilst working. <laughs> because I <laughs> must come. I don't let them ever leave. No, I'm joking. <laughs> you got them locked away. <laughs> and then luckily, like, having people now that do come in and help me work. So that's nice. And just having the radio on. But it's super lonely and I love talking. So that, for one bit of me, if I could change, it would just be the loneliness. And I think, like you say, it's cold. Um, it's dark nights over winter and you just feel a bit like, oh, I just want someone to chat to. So can get lonely, but just blast the radio on. I love a bit of Greg James. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, I'll, put a, I'll, put, I'll put a podcast on. You know, maybe I'll put a podcast on. Just, you know, just, just putting that out there. <laughs> so <Podcast>. this lo- <laughs> the, the loneliness that you talk about, Ros, is that, did that spur you to basically apply for Married at First Sight? Like, like, how did that even come about? Were you just watching TV and it was like, apply now for next year? Or did you just think, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go do it. Excuse the language. <laughs> that's not very you, Lizzie. That's, that's usually me. <laughs> it is. But I was just like, that is the only way that I think I could. I'd have just been like, do you know what? Screw this. I'm going to do it. Yeah, I think like I was, like I say, I was literally in a place where I thought, my life was sad like I've never had sadness in my life like I've never felt sad I've never had heartbreak like that before and then obviously with the horse going my heart was like I was sad and I feel like I just thought one day like sod it I'm gonna apply I don't know my sister I think said and it's like it just lifted me it took me to this world where I just lived in a dream of what I was gonna do all day and that just got me through the day. Like, I'd just be manifesting, like, oh, imagine if I got on and what would he look like? And then I wasn't thinking about my sad thoughts anymore. I was thinking about all these wonderful things that could potentially happen in life. And it wasn't that my life needed to get better because I have the most beautiful life that I'm so grateful for. But it just, it was an escape. I think I wasn't riding tango. And I literally just went into my own little world when I was working on my own, thinking how amazing would it be to meet a husband. And... Had you watched maths previously before that, or was it just like, I don't know, your sister or something? Yeah, I had watched last year's. Um, 
I did think like I would I don't know I think maybe Shanita made me think like oh like she's normal like she gave me hope that like someone normal like me can actually get on the tv program like yeah I might be a bit extroverted but there's nothing really special that would make me stand out you know so it just gave me hope that they might actually want someone like me and I think I just lived in my head about it I just literally I don't believe in like manifestation or anything but now I do now I'm like oh god well good Millionaire, I'm gonna be a millionaire. <laughs> well, speaking of manifesting, <clears throat> I have to bring this up, Ross, because like you're gonna be so you're gonna cringe, right? L- Lizzie's been going on and on and on about this to me. <laughs> so you know Paul, the expert. Oh yeah. I absolutely love him. Like I love his voice. I think he's so oh, soothing. So much so that I have listened to, I don't know if you've seen it, but on Spotify, he has this like um affirmation podcasty thing where you can listen to it on a night and a morning and tell yourself positive affirmations and it is the most soothing thing to sleep to and I just like how great is Paul like I feel like you need to introduce me because I just love him yeah I'll put it in next time I go (laughs) please do just be like Paul I've got somebody you need to meet and it's maybe to you to get to sleep yeah maybe don't (laughs) say that sound that creepy (laughs) (laughs) but he's just so soothing don't you think I think and he just smells really nice like he's Does just he? delicious. <laughs> did you say he's a delicious man <laughs> he is well now I feel like I need to meet him in person to smell him but I feel like that's even weirder <laughs> yeah here's, a, here's my friend she just wants to sniff you <laughs> <laughs> yeah and just like Record a goodnight message for me, Paul, please. Oh, yeah, I could get him to send you a little message. Yeah, or like a good morning wake up, like, good morning. This is like your positive affirmation for the day, Lizzie. Yeah, and I love it. <laughs> Who knows? I'll try and make this happen. <laughs> oh, my God, here for this, here for this. Anyway, that's enough about me and Paul. Carry on, yeah. Beck. <laughs> um, I wanted to ask about what your family thought of you going on the show, because... All families want is the best for you, you know. I mean, if they don't, they're probably not very good family, are they? Um, but they just want you to do the best. If that's been single and happy, they're happy with that, aren't they? But I know that deep down, probably most mums and dads or parents or grandparents or whatever it is, would like to see you with someone and, and having that companionship, if nothing else. So what did what did they say? How did you break the news to them? I, don't know. I was literally like, oh, guys, um... Do, I went, Dad, do I walk down now like this? Or is it like that? And Dad's like, what do you mean? <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm getting married. <laughs> but I think they thought it was a bit like, what? They were a bit like, who? Um, but they were really good. They were really supportive. And I think like in farming, I don't know if it's like for you too, but I do feel in the farming like industry, like that everyone gets married so young. Everyone has children so young. Like, everyone settles down and it's literally like, oh, God, my mum got married, I don't know, 20 or something. Charlotte, my older sister, got married at 19. Millie, my younger sister, got married at 20, 21. And I think, like, oh, my God, I'm 28. Like, what's happening? You feel like a pressure. And it wasn't for my family. I think it's just in life. You know, in that, I don't know, in the farming world and maybe in the normal world, the farming world, just what I know, people are getting married so young and then you feel left behind. So I just, they just want me to be happy. They don't want me to just marry for the sake of marrying, but they do want me to find happiness. And they thought, if this is the way she wants to go, 
more support crazy <laughs> no I think you're so right about that pressure though because I mean farming um, especially but even outside of that it's like I feel like 30 is this kind of weird like goal of like you know have your life together are you gonna get married are you gonna have kids and sometimes people ask that and you know you can't have kids or maybe you're not on that same path and everything seems so linear and it's crazy do you um I mean obviously you were in a long-term relationship prior to the show so did you feel more pressure then becoming single and thinking I've got this time frame I need to do something because I feel like especially as a female I mean I'm not saying it's not there for guys as well but especially for females I feel that pressure yeah I feel like I would never wasted any time with my ex-partners like I've learned so much from them but when it ends it's not just like the relationship at that ending it's all your future that you thought you had with them like you thought oh we're five years in you know we'll be getting married we'll be moving house we'll be having children and all that's gone and you're literally like oh my god I'm starting back as if I'm like 18 and I'm not 18 anymore and it's also like who's left like who's is there any guys left that aren't like settled down <laughs> with their perfect girls not me it's like oh who is left on the shelf how do you go about this I've not dated in so long where do this you go I, I couldn't agree more because it feels like in, you know, when you're living in the countryside, to put it really bluntly, there just aren't as many people. <laughs> There's no humans. Where are they? We have to start talking to the animals. <laughs> <laughs> I do think we're not in a city. We don't see like many faces. It's the same sort of people every day. And it's like, if you don't find that person at school or at college or at it's like, where are you going to find them? Uh, and this is exactly it. And I think the the problem is with having, you know, it might just be that your career is self-employed, which obviously adds in that That's long what? hours element. <laughs> then you add in the fact that if you want to meet somebody, oh, well, you're going to have to go to basically a town or a city. But then somebody from a town or a city might not necessarily want that half rural life. Like, yeah. it's just a vicious circle. I know. As soon as you think you've got someone that's like, understands all of you and then they go it's like oh my god and I'm nutty so it's like I'm gonna have to marry a stranger because no one else will <laughs> but it is hard it's like it's difficult it's really difficult yeah. and it's like we're out of that dating you get so comfortable with your ex-partner that it's like you don't text every day because you live together you, you yeah. it's all that again and it's realizing like for me the hardest bit was realizing how attentive you have to be because I feel like you do slip into a little bit where you don't have to text all the time you don't have to call all the time like you just trust that they're going to come home and it's like oh god I need to get better at this it's a full-time job yeah isn't it <laughs> but yeah I think it's probably hard for everyone though not just rural girls it's probably hard for like everyone when they're getting close to their 30s and I think that's why there's such like a time cap on it because everyone starts to think like who's left on the shelf well, as you can see from the first part, there is certainly a lot to chat about with Roz. She's so bubbly, she's so enthusiastic, and I guess if you haven't watched her on the show, you might be tuning in to their next episode as well. To carry on the conversation, make sure you tune into part two, which will be out tomorrow, where we'll be getting a little bit deeper about what happens on the show. As always, we love to hear what you guys think. You can get in contact with us via email, say hello at beccaandlizzie.co.uk, on our socials at becca.and.lizzie, or via our new website where you can even send us a voice note and be featured on the episode. <laughs>